We're kicking off a really fun series today. In this episode, I'm giving an introduction to spiritual gifts and why it's essential that we understand and utilize them if we truly want to become servant leaders. In this series, I'm going to highlight each spiritual gift that's listed in scripture by interviewing someone who has displayed that gift in their lives. Now, God has given a lot of different gifts to his church. So rather than making a sequential series, I'm going to highlight a different gift in an episode whenever it seems appropriate. If there's a particular gift you want highlighted sooner than later, you can email me at wbryant at commissionleadership.com. Now, as my two-year-old son likes to say, let's rock and roll. Commission Leadership is advancing the work of Christ by giving pastors and church leaders the clarity they need to flourish in life and ministry. With over a decade of ministry experience in the local church, leadership coach Weston Bryant understands the joys, passion, heartache, and exhaustion that comes with helping others follow Jesus. Wes is passionate about helping leaders embrace the reality that God really will do abundantly more than they would ask or think. Tune in each week to discover how to live courageously, build strong teams, and multiply your ministry impact. Now, here's your host, Weston Bryant. When I was in college, you could say that I was lukewarm in my faith. And a big reason for that was truly a misunderstanding between grace and works. I think in my mind, like I've always been someone who just who values being good and strives to do what I believe to be right. And so as an adolescent and young adult, Christian, I believed in Jesus and I wanted to be good for him. I wanted to to live the right way and do the right things. And so that that led to this mindset of a works mentality. And it wasn't until shortly after college that I began to understand grace. And and really I saw this in the lives of of other people, you know, people my age who were just so secure in their relationship with Jesus. They had no doubt that he was with them, you know, presently and and they they just knew they were going to be with him in eternity. Whereas at that season of life, I was always questioning, am I being good enough to make it into heaven? A lot has changed since then, but but I share this little snippet of my story because I want to focus in on a specific turning point in my life. You see, up until my senior year in college, I didn't have a vehicle. And so I relied, you know, on the transportation of friends, family. Um, you know, my parents often let me use their car when I was in town. Um, but when I was in college, I was I was three hours from home and, you know, I had to ride the bus or walk or get a ride, you know, and so that became a big barrier from going to church. And and really from my freshman to middle of my junior year, I didn't attend church, you know, and because I valued being good, I still tried to live 
the good Christian life and do all the things Christians are supposed to do, pray and read my Bible and avoid the things of the world that, you know, Christians should avoid. And I just remember it was my junior year and, and I could could feel this this lukewarmness that was my faith, even though I didn't have the words to describe it. And I just decided, like, Jesus, I'm either all in or I'm all out. And and I want to know you more. And I, I can't do that on my own like I've been trying. So I need to find fellowship with other believers. I need to get involved in a church. And so I reached out to a local church and just said, hey, here's my story. I want to get involved. Can someone give me a ride? And the young adult pastor was super excited. He organized a group of people to kind of, you know, pick me up on a rotating schedule. And I started to see some progress in my faith. And then I remember another conviction that, that I believe was of the Lord. And I, I realized I wanted to serve. I wanted to play a part in his story. And so again, I called this young adult pastor I don't even remember his name now, but I remember expressing this longing, like, I just want to be used by God. You know, I'll do anything. What what can I do to serve him, to be a part of this church, you know, et cetera? And, and without missing a beat, he, he took this deep sigh, like, like, oh, someone's asking to volunteer. Oh, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Someone wants to help. Like, you could just feel the gratitude from him, but also this sense of desperation. Like, I just, I need help <laughs> so badly. And I don't think he took any time to think about it. He just reacted and was like, yes, yes, I need help with setup and teardown. Would you be a part of my setup and teardown team? I've got a couple guys doing it, but I need more help. Be here an hour before church starts. Plan on staying an hour after. You'll you'll help set up and tear down uh, the auditorium. Thank you so much. And now please have some compassion for what I'm about to share. Because I'll be honest, his words fell flat. And, and I felt this tension. On one hand, like, Jesus served me and gave his life for me. And so I am to serve others and help wherever it's needed. And so I wanted to do that. And yet, what he was asking me to do didn't feel like it fit. But I wanted to be faithful to you know, what I had put out there, and this was a need that he had. And so I don't remember how long it was. It, it might have been a few months. It might have been a few weeks, to be honest with you. But I remember serving and helping with setup and teardown. And you know what? It was fine. I was happy to help where it was needed. And yet I remember I didn't last long in that role. It, it, it just felt very difficult for me. And I share all of this because years later, I came across a verse of scripture that totally transformed how I looked at service. 
and and that's my hope in this episode for you is that that a shift takes place and and you see that that yes we are all called to serve one another just like Jesus did and yet there is a more expansive and inclusive and creative way to view service and so let me share this text with you it's from 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 it says each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. As I said, this verse has completely transformed how I view service. And so this is the start of a series on spiritual gifts, and it's called Spiritual Gifts in Leadership. Now, here's what this is not going to be. This is not going to be like a theologically heavy um, study of spiritual gifts. And it's also not going to be a place for debate because I realize there is a lot of controversy around spiritual gifts. And just to help maybe bring some understanding for those of you who are unaware of this, basically there are two camps of people in, in terms of what they believe about spiritual gifts. There are those who are cessationists and a cessationist is is like it sounds they believe that there are certain miraculous gifts things like healing and speaking in tongues that ceased with the apostles in the book of acts and so they would argue that spiritual gifts that were miraculous in nature were for a specific time within the church And what a continuationist would argue, again, this is to my best understanding, is that no, actually, all spiritual gifts continue to exist in the church today, just like we read about in the scriptures. And here's here's what I'm going to say about this. I think both groups could really learn a lot from each other if, if we would listen and be willing to learn and accept what we don't know. I think that cessationists can learn about faith and belief from continuationists because they they just trust that God's Spirit is moving and gifting people exactly like we read about in Scripture. I think that's admirable. And what continuationists can learn from cessationists is that sometimes we idolize certain miraculous gifts above others. And I think there is a danger in idolizing anything, period, but in this context, idolizing any gift in particular. Because What the Bible teaches about spiritual gifts is that they are meant to serve the body. Like if you think of the church as a body, just as, you know, the hands and the feet play a different part, so do spiritual gifts. Each gift has a a purpose in helping 
the body live and function. And so if we only focus on the miraculous gifts, we're like that guy who spends all of his time in the gym doing the bench press. <laughs> but he never does leg day. He's just got these teeny little toothpicks he's walking on. Right? But the exact same metaphor works against cessationists because if, if, we, if we can't have faith or we, we don't think there's a possibility that maybe the Spirit wants to work or continue working as he has in the past, then if we trip and fall, we're not going to know how to catch ourselves and push ourselves up off the ground because we've never used our chest muscles before. I don't know if that all makes sense. This is, um, this is a conversation for someone that is much more intelligent than me, but I find it fascinating. And I think the goal of this podcast series is to encourage each of you, each of us, to use our gifts to serve one another and to bring unity in the body of Christ. This isn't going to be a sequential series, so I'm not going to go through the spiritual gifts in order, but this will be something that I focus on from time to time. And so my hope is is not to have a monologue around these gifts because to be honest, I'm in over my head here. These like I'm no expert. But I have an experience as part of the body with with the gifts I believe that I have been given. And what's more is I know people who have used and possess gifts that I do not have. And to be perfectly honest and and just transparent, I grew up in a cessationist church. That's the theology I was taught. And yet I find myself now in this space where I'm open to the possibility that, you know what? Maybe those miraculous gifts do continue today and I want to learn more and so whenever I don't have a connection personally to a specific gift I'm going to reach out in my network I'm going to try to find people who who are utilizing these more miraculous gifts um, but are doing so in a way that is wise and discerning and not idolizing those gifts above others I just realized as I'm talking here that I didn't make the connection to my story about serving in the church. I kind of got a little sidetracked there. So let me read the verse of scripture from 1 Peter 4, verse 10 again. It says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I have realized over time in my walk with Jesus that at least to this point in my life, I have not possessed the gift of service, or sometimes it's referred to as the gift of helps. And this is significant in what I shared because it wasn't that I didn't care or I didn't want to help this young adult pastor. It's not that I didn't want to serve the church. It's just that It felt like I was doing it out of my own energy. 
rather than the spirit moving through me to set up and tear down the auditorium like a maniac. When I look at my friends who have the gift of helps, they just serve at a capacity that that honestly feels supernatural. They just go at a pace and a longevity that I just can't, you know, and they're so joyful in it. They're so joyful in helping others. My friend Eric Moody, who is on episode 12, The Four Dynamics of a Strong Team, he's a perfect example of this. The man is a servant. And and I don't think it's just because he works really hard at it. I think the Holy Spirit has gifted him supernaturally to serve and help people who are in need. It's one of the many things I love and admire about him. And when I see the gift of helps in him, it, it gives me a picture of who Jesus is. And it shows me what it looks like practically to serve people like Jesus did. I'll be honest, this was a huge turning point for me because I felt like such a failure, like I wasn't serving people like I was supposed to because I I didn't have the passion for it or I, I couldn't serve at the capacity that I saw other people doing it. And then when I read 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, this was in my late 20s. And at that point, I had, I had recognized that, that I had the spiritual gift of teaching. Suddenly, the light came on for me. And it was like, oh, when I teach someone and help them understand a concept that allows them to respond in faith and lovingly obey Jesus, I am, in fact, serving them, just like this scripture says. I am using the gift of teaching that I have supernaturally received from Jesus in order to bless and serve another part of the body. My service teaching someone is just as valuable as my friend Eric's service helping them in their physical need. And the same is true of every gift in Scripture. If you're wondering where you can read about spiritual gifts, I'm going to share them with you. You can find them in Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. And the gifts it lists include encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service, and teaching. You can also find the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 30. It lists administration, discernment, healing, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, wisdom, apostle, faith, helps, knowledge, miracles, teaching. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 9 through 11 list serving and teaching. And then we also have Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12, and it lists apostle, prophet, evangelist, and shepherd, and teacher. Some of those gifts repeat throughout Scripture, but I'm curious as you listen to that list, maybe if you want to go back and listen again, uh, hit the rewind button for about 30 seconds to a minute, um, just listen and, and 
prayerfully discern what what are the gifts that come alive in me as I hear this list. Uh, how how do I best when I, or when I think back on my walk with Jesus and my involvement in the church, what are the ways in which I serve other people? Am I an encourager? Do I do I tend to offer wisdom when someone isn't sure what to do? Do I provide knowledge of a situation that I wouldn't know on my own, that, that only God could have revealed that to me? And so what we're going to do in this series, again, is we're, we're literally going to go through every single spiritual gift. And I'm going to interview people who are utilizing those gifts. And, and they're going to share their stories and offer encouragement for, for how you can use your gifts to serve others. And speaking of encouragement, there is no better encourager that I know of than Shelby Couch. She is one of my wife's best friends uh, and has, has truly encouraged both my wife and I more times than I can count. Uh, just what a blessing she is to the church. And so I'm excited to have her on as the next guest. She will talk about her experience with encouragement, and I hope it encourages you. That wraps up today's episode on spiritual gifts and leadership. Speaking of leadership, commission leadership exists to reverse the trend of ministry burnout by giving leaders the clarity they need to flourish in life and ministry. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast for more episodes on how to level up your leadership and make more disciples.